Hello, my love. Welcome to another episode. All right, let's be honest with each other for a second. You likely read the title of this podcast and thought something like, I already know that. I already know I need to clean up my household products. There's nothing new that I'm going to learn here, right? And either you listened anyway and here you are or you opted out. (laughs) But here's the thing. Like so many, and I am not hyping this up, So many of my super health conscious, on top of it, high achieving ladies who come into holistic fertility method, you likely think without a shadow of a doubt that you're doing everything right when it comes to your fertility journey. And to be honest, there have been a few times where I even doubted that my program could help these women because they were telling me all of that, all of these things that they were doing and all of these things that they've done, and I didn't think I could be much help to them. But time and time again, these ladies would say yes, we'd get started on the very first module, and already their world was turned upside down with new knowledge from a new perspective that changed the trajectory of their fertility journey and path to motherhood forever. And you know what? The topic of toxins is no different. So many of us are months into trying to conceive, and we've done more than most to make this baby happen. We track our basal body temperature, clean up our diet, trade all our makeup, body wash, cleaning products for the non-toxic options, and each time we see a new Instagram post or open up that email from our favorite fertility site, there's yet another tactic to be implemented. And before you know it, you're on diets, you're on supplements, on various detoxes. You have no idea what they're doing, if it's even working, hoping that the addition of the next layer of complexity will finally be the ticket to baby. So in this episode, you're about to learn three eye-opening truths about the harmful effects of everyday toxins and exactly how it's affecting your egg quality. Now, this is incredibly important because most women who fall into that desperate to conceive trap make a surface level assumption of what's going on here. And they don't quite understand what's at stake with their fertility, their developing baby and beyond. And because they have this false sense of safety using these everyday products that contain these toxins, they unknowingly set themselves up for a higher risk of missed ovulation, miscarriage, and fetal development issues. And if you're listening to this, I can bet you're probably making the same mistake. But don't worry, because in this episode, we are going to fix all of that. So you can go from desperate to conceive to empowered mama to be who owns her fertility journey without the expense of losing losing herself in the process. Now, before I get into the truly eye-opening truths about these hidden toxins, there's a story of how I became so passionate about this topic. And as the rebel and change maker that I know you are, you'll definitely resonate with it and will put things into perspective. So I want to zoom in on a specific part of my fertility journey when I had a miscarriage nearly a month prior. I was in pure survival mode, if you can imagine, reading all of the books, making all of the changes, thinking that the more that I know, the faster I can find the missing link to getting and staying pregnant. 
Now, during this time, I kept coming across, um, you know, resource after resource, looking at the detriment of toxin exposure and the detriment to my fertility. Now, at the time, I would just kind of skip these sections, right? Thinking, well, I'm not around toxic chemicals around my work. I've never been exposed to toxic outbreaks. So why even waste my time on that? Surely that had nothing to do with the reason why I miscarried. But then I came across the book, It Starts With The Egg. And finally, something clicked. Finally, I saw just how unanimous these toxins were with everyday things we use on a daily basis. I didn't need to work in a toxic chemical plant in order to get exposed. I just had to wake up and make myself a plate of food. And the biggest discovery that set me off on this journey was this. The manufacturers and government bodies, governing bodies that regulate these industries know exactly how harmful these toxins are to our health, to our fertility, and our unborn children. Now, this was the second time my inner activist really set fire. The first time was learning about birth control and wanting to come off while my OBGYN's blatant refusal to work with me to come off of it due to the symptoms I was experiencing. But that's a whole different story, I digress. Exposing the truth to you about hidden toxins is not something that I intentionally do to cause fear or frustration or further exhaustion for you on this journey. The last thing I want you to feel from this episode is, oh great, just another thing I'm not doing good enough at, just another thing I need to worry about more. But honestly, I'm not really worried about that. Because A, you wouldn't be here attracted to my energy if you had that time of mentality. And B, I've done my best to really formulate this information into a very eye-opening, empowering, simplifying, action-oriented framework so you can maximize the benefits of knowing this truth. So shall we get started? So the very first eye-opening truth that I'm going to share with you is very pervasive in everything that we do in across the day because it has to do with what we eat. Now, I am going to split this topic, this episode, up into two parts because I know it's a lot of information, it's a little heavy, and I also want you to take some time to implement the action steps that I have laid out at the end of this episode before we jump into the last two, okay? So three very eye-opening, surprising truths, and the first one we will share in this episode, and the next two we will get into the next episode. So the first one is this. There are harmful estrogen-mimicking molecules in plastics leaching into the food you eat every single day. Now, I'll get into exactly how you can mitigate this. But first, you're probably thinking, well, but yeah, isn't it only a min- like a minuscule amount, a super small amount? Like, is it really doing anything? And you're exactly right. It's a relatively small amount, mere nanomoles in concentration. 
But here's the thing. It only takes nanomoles to effectively disrupt the precisely synchronized endocrine system in the first place, especially when it comes to the hormones that regulate our reproductive system. For example, the Nuva ring, right? We all know it. It's a form of birth control inserted into your vagina. It's small, it's flexible, and it delivers ethyl estradiol into your circulation at about roughly 0.035 parts per billion. That's the concentration. To give you context, parts per billion is the standard unit of concentration of delivery that pharmaceuticals use and is the equivalent to one-third of a teaspoon diluted in 600,000 gallon Olympic-sized swimming pool. I'm going to say that again. The concentration used in this Nuva ring, the delivery is equivalent to a third of a teaspoon diluted in a 600,000 gallon Olympic-sized swimming pool. And that's enough to completely shut down your ovulation. So yes, low dose equals big problems. So what about plastics, right? What about plastics is so detrimental to our fertility? Well, the chemicals that make up plastics are not bound to the material they make up, making it incredibly easy for them to leach onto things that it touches. Most notably, the food that these plastics are containing, right? Food storage containers, takeout boxes, um, you know, the meat that is wrapped in plastic. What's worse is that heat, oil, acidity, and abrasion all increase the rate at which these chemicals quote-unquote shed or leach. Now, a perfect example of this, and you might have one of these artifacts in your home as we speak, is that red-orange stained plastic Tupperware container from the leftover spaghetti sauce, right? The heat and acidity from the tomatoes were a perfect environment to accelerate the chemical reaction where tomato sauce and plastic literally swapped molecules with each other, resulting in a large amount of plastic in your food and red tomato sauce imprinted into your plastic storage container. That is a real life example of what's going on that you can see, feel, and touch. Now you might be thinking, so what's the big deal? A little plastic gets into my food. You know, surely it's not harmful, right? Or the FDA would have banned it. And as I appreciate your blind trust in the governing bodies, I wish that we could trust those in power. I really do. I wish those we could trust that are in power dictating what manufacturers can expose us and our precious families to through the products in which they sell us. But that is a very naive and disempowering way of thinking. One that many women stuck in the desperate to conceive trap do embody, and it's why they're feeling so helpless and stuck in their fertility journey. Now, I know you want to break free, gain momentum, and feel absolutely confident that you have the whole truth so that you can make the right decisions for you and your future baby. 
So what is the whole truth? Well, the fact is, is that it's not just plastic, but actually estrogen mimicking molecules within the plastic have been linked to things like cancer, reproductive issues, weight gain, insulin resistance, birth defects, and behavioral issues of children. The big one that I want to talk to you about today is called BPA or bisphenol A. Now you've definitely heard of this, right? But just because you've seen BPA free on you know, certain bottles and canned foods, or maybe you're consciously choosing BPA-free plastics, right? Doesn't mean that it's any safer for you. Yikes. We'll get into that here in a minute. But yes, BPA is the most researched. It's the one we know most about. But there are BPA-like chemicals still within these plastics which means that you're still not safe by choosing the BPA-free products. So why is BPA in plastics, um, you know, why is it in there? How did this come to be? Well, turns out that BPA is a great plasticizer. (laughs) Yes, that's a word. And is found in everything from plastic food containers, takeout boxes, the shiny film on receipts, and all the way to the lining of canned goods. And even though there's a few companies who have taken the steps to remove BPA from their products, it's still very pervasive throughout the food packaging industry. But not to worry, because I'm going to give you a few tips, six in in particular, so that you can implement these right away and avoid all of this. So what about BPA makes it so bad for fertility? Well, when it comes to fertility, there are three essential ingredients, and we cover this heavily inside of Holistic Fertility Method. One is the optimal egg quality, two is strong ovulation, and three is a stable uterine lining. These are the three ingredients that we cultivate through a holistic approach inside of HFM. By the way, and it's it's why we're so effective, honestly, at dramatically improving fertility because we cover all the bases. But here's the thing. BPA infiltrates all three of these ingredients, making it very difficult to conceive and have a healthy baby. Now, there are numerous studies supporting these claims, but the most noteworthy are One is a study looking at the eggs retrieved from women undergoing IVF who had higher BPA levels, and it turns out that they were less likely to fertilize an egg due to chromosomal abnormalities in the egg, i.e. the BPA was linked to poor egg quality, which prevented fertilization. The second is a study that showed women with a higher BPA level also had fewer eggs retrieved during um, an egg retrieval process prior to IVF and a lower estrogen level, indicating that BPA appeared to disrupt the egg development, thus weakening ovulation, that second ingredient. Three is a study showing a link between BPA concentration in women and the failure to implant embryos by interfering with hormone signals in the cells that line the uterus. So that third ingredient, which is 
um, stable uterine lining. In fact, get this, BPA was originally identified as a synthetic form of estrogen in 1936. Yes, I can't make this up. No wonder it's affecting our reproductive system so much. So the reason was is the pharmaceutical companies were searching for a drug they could use for HRT, but essentially went with something a little more potent. Now, BPA is technically considered a weak estrogen because it binds to some receptors less strongly than natural estrogen does. However, we now know that BPA binds to other receptors in the body just as strongly as our natural estrogens. So as you've probably gathered from listening to this podcast, you know that even just a tiny amount of added hormones derails the fine-tuned endocrine system. So surely with all of this evidence, BPA was banned from commercial use in the food and plastic industry, right? Well, unfortunately, no. Government agencies like FDA and CDC rarely consider the full profile of data when it comes to making policies that would affect profit margins for the industry lobbyists that pay their salaries. This is the truth for so many things, especially in the food industry, but also in the uh, petroleum and plastic industry. So despite some 100 studies by government-funded researchers showing that BPA had a range of health effects, even at the low doses people are exposed to on a daily basis, well, in March 2012, not too long ago, the FDA concluded that, quote, the scientific evidence at this time does not suggest that the very low levels of human exposure to BPA through the diet are unsafe. And in reaching this conclusion, the FDA relied on two animal studies showing that BPA had no effect, which were both funded by, you guessed it, polycarbonate BPA global group, which represent the manufacturers of BPA and plastics containing BPA. So long story short, instead of waiting for government action, you can choose for yourself whether you want to err on the side of, um, err on the side of caution and take steps to avoid BPA and because you're here and now and you want a healthy baby, I promise you that taking this seriously is really important. Not only for now for getting pregnant, but also during pregnancy. If you become pregnant, right? Don't think that you can just let off the gas of, you know, blindly using BPA containing foods and packages. Because the developing fetus is very vulnerable to the toxic effects of BPA. So there's even more research on this connection than there is fertility. That's because BPA crosses the placenta from your bloodstream to your baby and is found in both the amniotic fluid and the baby during pregnancy. 
And there's a large number of studies suggesting a link between exposure to BPA during pregnancy and a variety of long-term health consequences, particularly for brain development and the reproductive system for your baby, which makes sense. Now, we want to take it one step further, right, and make sure that after your baby is born that no plastics are used for food, bottles, and toys. So I'm going to show you exactly how to remove BPA from your environment with these six easy steps. And this is going to help protect your egg quality, optimize ovulation, and keep your hormones balanced for proper implantation, along with keeping your growing baby safe during pregnancy and carrying that on, taking it one step further to keep plastics away from baby when she's a newborn and developing. So the very first thing we want to do is eliminate plastic in your kitchen. So things like food storage containers, right? Tupperware, any cups, bowls, plates, those protein shaker bottles. And this is important because when the plastic is damaged by coming into contact with hot foods or washing it in hot water or with harsh detergents in the dishwasher, scrubbing it or heating it in the microwave, it's bound to leach BPA into the foods that it comes into contact with. Now, if for some reason you still have plastics like a a food processor, for example, really hard to find those that don't contain plastic. So what I do is I make sure that I don't use acidic hot foods inside these plastic containers, for example, like a food processor. And I always wash it with very lukewarm water. I don't scrub on it. I just gently wipe it. And that way I can keep the plastic intact without it leaching, um, you know, plastics and other estrogen mimicking molecules into my food. The second thing you want to do is replace all that stuff with um, safe materials like stainless steel, ceramic, wood, glass, and even silicone. Even the BPA-free plastics were proven to be just as bad or worse than the original BPA. And again, I will remind you that just because it says BPA-free doesn't mean you're in the clear. BPA just gets so much, um, is so popular because it's most, it's the most researched. And all of these new containing um, synthetic chemicals that they're replacing BPA with, it's we haven't had the time to look into how that's affecting people. But you can imagine that it's going to be just as prone to cause issues in our reproductive system. The third is be selective about your canned foods. So maybe look for BPA-free. Again, we just don't have the research to even know if that's even safer. But what you can do is just forego the canned fruit and canned tomatoes as these are the most acidic foods and have the highest probability of leaching the the lining into the actual food right so you can buy those in you know buy those fresh obviously or you can buy them in glass jars now one study showed that eating one can of soup per day 
for five days caused a 1000% increase in urinary BPA levels. So if you're, you know, a quick grab and go kind of family, or if you live out in the middle of nowhere like we do and have a lot of canned goods, then just really be aware of this, that that can be affecting your egg quality. Four, be aware of the plastic takeout containers, especially if the food is hot. So if you're someone who is grabbing lunch at um, Whole Foods and they have those plastic containers, or if you're getting takeout every night, which I hope you're not (laughs) at this point, um, but really understand that it's taking it to a whole other level of, you know, intoxicating your body through this leaching. Five, now this might upset a couple people, but that's okay. Coffee machines and Keurig machines are a surprising source of BPA because of all of the little plastic components that the hot water has to travel through before it comes into your cup. So if you really want to be on top of it, you can switch to a glass French press. Um, Number six is paper receipts, movie tickets, airport plane tickets, all use thermal paper that is coated in BPA and can easily absorb through the skin within hours. So when grabbing your receipt at the grocery store, you know, try not to grab it, fold it up a bunch and carry it in your hand. Um, The most frustrating part for me is at Costco, when you have to hang on to your receipt all the way until you get to the doorway. So what I do is I grab the receipt and I just put it on top of my groceries and pin it down. And so when I get to the door, I just point to the receipt and he grabs it. So that's how I get away with it. Um, Again, just because you're aware of these things doesn't mean you need to get all obsessed with removing all of the BPA in your life. BPA is not going to be the only reason why you're experiencing fertility issues, right? That's why it's just one part of our holistic approach inside of HFM. In fact, it is module six. That's how far along it is. So yes, it's important, but really it's a lot farther along than what we need to worry about first and really be concerned with first. But you know, it's, it's not going to be as simple as removing BPA, but I know that reducing your exposure absolutely will help improve egg quality and hormone balance, thus support your efforts in conceiving and having a healthy baby. So that's all for this episode. I really encourage you to take notes, write down these six steps, start implementing them right away. And then that way you can be ready for our next episode next week, where we're going to get into the final two surprising truths um, about everyday toxins and how they're affecting your fertility. So that's it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And just as a reminder, we have a few spots open inside of Holistic Fertility Method for the month of November. Um, We have quite a few calls on the calendar this week. And so I just want to remind you that spots do fill up. We only take 10 ladies per month to make sure that you have an intimate one-on-one connection with me. And you can get all of your questions answered. And so I can intimately guide you through all of the steps and make sure we're covering all of the bases through nutrition, 
gut health, liver support, reframing your stress response, and diving into your mindset, identifying, uncovering, releasing those emotional traumas, and that allows you to step confidently, empowered into your fertility journey, owning your truth, authentically showing up as you, and overall achieving drastic increases in your fertility and our success rate still holds that the majority of women in each group become pregnant within 90 to 120 days of first joining holistic fertility method so i invite you to click the link in my show notes below and you can apply there. I only take very specific women, very health conscious, high achieving women who have been on this journey for a while. They've tried all the things, they've done all the right things, and they really feel like something is missing, that their mental, emotional turmoil is really getting away and blocking their ability to get pregnant. And not only that, but they really want to enjoy this process and they want to make sure they're doing everything in their power to bring in a healthy baby into a healthy home. So I encourage you, if you fit the bill, please apply and um, we'll get on a call And we'll really, um, I call it a breakthrough call where we will unravel your fertility story and you will have massive clarity by the end of our call, whether that's joining me and many others inside of HFM or to a trusted colleague. I've sent women to our trusted colleagues in the past or just a few tips and tricks and, and, and shifts in your daily strategy as well as your mental emotional strategy. So again, I invite you and please leave a five-star review if you feel called to. It's really easy to do. You just scroll to the bottom of this page that you're at while listening to this in iTunes and click the five-star. That's it. So thank you so much and we'll see you next week.